Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to dive into some draft content here, Supercoach Draft, and obviously the the fullbacks in Supercoach, dominated by a couple of guys, headline Tom Travojevic and James Tedesco and Ryan Pappenhausen. Those are sort of your three main dues. They're sort of the next tier down, your Guthos, your KPs, these sort of fellas. KP's got the potential to be in that higher tier without Mitchell Pearce. I'm a little bit worried. Uh, so th- there's a couple of categories when it comes to fullback, and there's like a decent gap between all of these. Now, one guy that I've probably got in the third sort of category, so below KP, below Gutho, well, he's definitely below those guys, is Matt Dufty. Now, he's probably the higher end of that bottom group, but he's not a guy that you can really rely on. Now, if you end up in an awkward draft spot, for 2022 where you're sort of low and you miss out on a lot of those big fullbacks, especially if you end up in a spot where you have to take a different position, you could end up with not many options at fullback very quickly because those guys are going to go very quickly. Fullbacks, they tend to be really hard to find, well, decent ones at least. They tend to be really hard to find uh, as the season goes on. So if you don't have a decent fullback, unless you're just giving up that position and you're in a competition where you can do that, uh, you can find yourself in some serious curry without a good one. Now, for me, Matt Dufty, he's a guy that I don't rely on. Yeah, I cannot rely on Matt Dufty at all. I, I get that 100%. But... It finished last year with a 68-point average, which is pretty impressive from 15 games, considering uh, seemingly no one wanted him there. Uh, Whenever the Dragons played well, it was off the back of Matt Dufty, yeah? And some of his stats, some of them are really good. Some of them are a little bit alarming. The first thing that pops up is his base stats. He's only averaging 23 base stats a game, so he needs attacking plays in him, yeah? There's no doubt about that whatsoever. He's one of the fastest players in the competition. He's one of the smallest guys in the competition. Uh, I've never been a huge Dufty fan, but he is always pushing up on plays. He is always alive. He is always keen to get himself involved. So there's no real doubting for me 
that he is going to score reasonably well in season 2022. Is he going to be of that high-end ability of your turbos, of your Tedesco's? No, not a hope in hell. Is he going to be of the KP, Clint Gutherson? Probably best-case scenario, he's the low end of that category. But still, he's going to have to play damn well to put himself into that category. He's not a goal kicker, obviously. He won't be kicking goals for that, so he doesn't have that. He's also going to need this Canterbury team to gel together. Now, this Canterbury team, I've spoken about them a lot the last few weeks. They've brought a lot of guys. They look very impressive. But for me, it's the key spine positions that I'm still a little bit worried about realistically. Uh, between Flano and Jeremy Marshall-King, I'm not convinced that Trent Barrett uh, has the has the edge to him to be able to cop a heap of losses on the trot and stick with these guys and let them build their combinations. I think he showed us last year that if it's not going well, he will chop and change. He will turn the room upside down. He will try and figure out how he's going to deal with it, which I understand, but it doesn't help the case of Matt Dufty. I hear the argument, but they've got Matt Burton, and yes, they have got Matt Burton. He's a tremendous player. But what is the best thing about Matt Burton? Is it his passing game? For me, it isn't. It's his running game. For me, if I'm Matt Burton, I am run first, pass second. That's the sort of guy I am at Canterbury. You want him playing eyes up footy and taking on the line. I don't want him becoming an organizing half. I want him to just look up and take them on. Is that going to provide some points for Dufty? Yes, at times it will. But as a whole, I'm just not sure how much clean ball I will see Matt Dufty get out the back. And... There's a lot of moving pieces in this Canterbury side. There's a lot that has to come together. But if you believe that this Canterbury side is going to be pretty decent, and they've got the names to go well, there's no doubt about that. Dufty, he could be a real little value pick heading into next season. Is he going to be a safe pick? No, you're going to have your ups and downs. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. And it sort of depends on the Canterbury draw, which I've got up at the moment. Comes down to their last few games. So in the last few weeks, uh, round 21, they play the Cowboys. I don't mind that little one for him. They play the Warriors after that. It's meant to be in New Zealand. Not ideal, but I don't hate it. Uh, They play the Parramatta Eels after that in round 23. Not ideal, that one. Then they play the Sharkies, who... Really, you know, a solid side, but you don't really know what the Sharkies are going to look like. They're a new team as well. Round 25, they've got the Manly Seagulls. Now... For me, that looks like a nightmare. But if you think about come the back end of the season, I think there's a really good chance that a heap of the Seagulls get rested heading into finals. I think they'll have themselves locked up for, at worst, a top eight spot, potentially a top four spot. You might get a decent little run there against a well-rested Manly side, a sort of a a second-grade sort of Manly team there, potentially. But that's a lot to punt on. There's not that many really awful teams in the NRL anymore. I would say the Cowboys, they're probably one of them. They play them in the finals run. I would say the Warriors, they're probably borderline as well. They play them. It is going to be at Mount Smart Stadium, though, if all goes to plan. So... A lot to look into with this Bulldog side. I guess it all comes down to your gut feel how they're going to go. Personally, I thought last year their attack was going to really improve. Dare I say it potentially got worse by the end of the season. Yes, they beat the Tigers in the last round. That was sensational. High scoring. It was great. It was the Tigers. They'd already checked out. They were done. I don't really read too far into that late season form where teams have already got their eyes on Mad Monday and you can throw the ball around and have a crack. Doesn't really line up for me uh, heading into this season. And They'll probably be in a similar position at the back end of the season, which helps Dufty. They'll probably be throwing the ball around and taking them on. Dufty obviously arrives from the Dragons where... 
Two coaches in a row sort of went, uh, I don't know about this guy. I don't know if he's the guy that I want to be my fullback in and out of this side, always trying to move him on reportedly. So you've got to wonder if things aren't going well at the Canterbury Bulldogs, how is that going to be received by Trent Barrett? That's the other risk with this guy. But when you have a look at his numbers from season 2021, he finished with a 68-point average, which is pretty impressive, from 15 games. 23 base, not ideal. 60% of the time, he scored above 60 points, which is pretty impressive. More than 50% of the time he walks on the field, he's going to score more than 60, which is pretty good. I mean, considering the modern game and how many points were scored last year, maybe you'd want it a little bit higher. The thing that worries me is that in 2020, he averaged 65. Once again, really respectful. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In Sorry, respectable, not respectful. That made no sense whatsoever. 2020 average 65, which was respectable. 2021, he, his average only went up by three points despite the game opening up more than what it ever has. So interesting to look into that there. Should he have potentially scored more? i got to tell you, it wouldn't overly shock me if he arrives at Canterbury and he averages 70-odd. I wouldn't be surprised if this Canterbury team does do a little bit better. They've got a lot of big forwards who have a dangerous offload. You know that he's going to be pushing around the middle. He's going to get points in this team. Now, in 2021... He scored over 100 points on three occasions, yeah? He had three pretty big days out, one in particular where he scored, I think it was 156, which was an incredible knock, uh, even considering the modern rules and everything, 156 is still a damn good score. Not many guys are able to do that in modern day Supercoach. Dufty is one of those guys that has that sort of potential. You're not going to see it all the time, but he has got that sort of potential. So he scored 115 against Parramatta in round five. He scored 156 against Brisbane in round 13. And where is it? Canterbury, 111 as well. So that's three scores over 100. Now, he did not score between 80 and 110 the entire season. So never did he get get a score from 80 to 110. His two-plus scores over 100, 111, 115 just fall outside of that mark. But that's a big 30-gap spam where never once did he score in that realm. He scored a heap in the 70s, about five or six times in the 70s. That's sort of the ceiling that you're kind of looking at. Considering his average was 68, and he never scored from 80 to 110, and he only... Scored over 100 on three occasions. Pretty impressive he managed to get an average of 68, in my opinion. Now, how many games did he really bomb out? For me, in the modern game, I would consider a bomb out probably under 45, considering he's a fullback. He did that four times from 15 games, so it's almost one every three. So he obviously is a rocks and diamonds guy. He went over 100 on three occasions, under, under, under 45 on four occasions. All of the scores in between that were essentially from... 45 to about 78. So you're sort of falling in that mark. Now, to go a little bit deeper, obviously, Supercoach players, they score more points when they score tries. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. That's blatantly obvious. But I think with Matt Dufty, it really stands out. The difference between games where he scores a try and doesn't score a try is massive, as it is with most players. But 
gap between try scoring games and non try scoring games for Matt Dufty is a 55 point average. It is ridiculous. He tends, if he scores one, he tends to score two. Yeah, there was four occasions this year he scored two tries. On another two occasions, he scored one try. So when he tends to score them, his team tends to win and they tend to put on a bit of a cricket score. He tends to be the main guy. His average when he doesn't score a try in season 2021 was 47, an average of 47 when he doesn't score a try. When he did score a try in season 2021, his average skyrocketed to 101. So you've got to look at Matt Dufty and you've got to decide, one, is he going to be the fullback for the Canterbury Bulldogs all season? Am I confident that this team's going to do well? If you think they're going to do reasonably well, like they're going to be in contention for the finals, I would probably suggest that Matt Dufty holds on to that spot. If they don't, if they sort of struggle and it's very similar to season 2021, all of a sudden they're in a little bit of curry and maybe you could see Matt Dufty fall out of favour because that tends to happen to Matt Dufty in football teams from what we've seen so far. But if you believe this team is going to be competitive and they're going to hang in games, I promise Matt Dufty is going to score tries. He is going to do well because he's that sort of a footballer. When the team's going well, he will impact that team. He will be successful. He's playing behind a much better forward pack than what he's played behind previously for me. Obviously, you know, you're going to have guys like Tavita Pangai Jr., Paul Vaughan, these sort of guys with really good offload games. They're going to be keeping the ball alive. There is going to be opportunities for Matt Dufty to do well. If you think he's going to score a try most weeks... That average that skyrockets, you can't expect 101 every week. That's ridiculous. But you can expect well above the 68, I think, every time he scores a try, essentially. But you've got to be able to cop the games that he doesn't score tries. Canterbury, I think they're going to be good enough to compete and beat probably 50% of this competition. But then you've got to weigh up the other 50%. And is Dufty worth the gamble? The other thing with Dufty, for me... I'm not convinced he's the best fullback at the club. I think he's the most suited fullback at the club. I think if you're not going to play Dufty at fullback, you're probably not going to play him at all. So it definitely helps his cause to wear the one jersey. But I would argue that Jake Avarillo potentially could be a better fullback than him. I would also argue that the 5'8", Matt Burton, could also potentially be a better fullback than him. Matt Burden, I don't think there will be an opportunity for him to play one. I think he will be locked into the halves realistically. I don't think they have the depth in the halves to be able to move him in any way, shape, or form. But Avarillo is the worry. Now, if something does happen where Dufty doesn't perform or he becomes a scapegoat or Trent Barrett goes off him, he gets injured, whatever it might be, Jake Avarillo will come in. And I've always said I think Jake Avarillo is more of a fullback than any other position that Trent Barrett seems to play him in, in particular halfback. So if Jake Avarillo does get a shot at the fullback jersey and you're the Matt Dufty, owner, I'll tell you what, you're going to be a little bit nervous because I'm not sure how easily Jake Avrilo will hand that jersey back. I think he's a very impressive little character and I think he could hold on to that jersey long term. Matt Dufty, for me, he is a gamble. He's a definite gamble. But if you're not able to get one of the top six or seven fullbacks, it's going to be looking pretty grim when you look at that waiver wire and who is available on draft day, who you can get, who you can grab. But Matt Dufty, he might be the pick of the next bunch. It is a gamble. Don't get me wrong. I'm not confident on it in any way, shape, or form. But there has been a couple of times in Supercoach Draft where I've been playing Dufty and he has put on one of those games where he brains it. And good God, he is hard to handle. And he just stacks points up left, right, and center. He, doesn't, he won't score a point for 20 25 minutes, then he'll score 40 points in eight seconds. That's the sort of footballer he is. And if you think Canterbury 
are going to be competitive, even more so if you think they're going to be successful in season 2022. Matt Dufty, he could be one of the real value gets of this draft. He will slip down. People will be scared off by the danger, which I understand the danger is 100% there. Uh, Like, we can all see it. There's no point hiding away from it. There is a lot of risk with him, but he could really be a bit of a value pick late in your draft, depending on how you think Canterbury go. He's the sort of guy that I think if you get Matt Dufty, there's probably not a heap of point trying to pair him up with a Burton or with a Flanagan or one of these guys. I just don't think that there's going to be enough of a combo there, realistically. Matt Dufty, he's more of just a lonesome solo player. So if you are going to gamble on him, I think good on you. I think there's a good chance that he could average above 68. I don't think he'll fall much below that. It might be a 65 at worst. I think I still think he'll be up there, seeing how the modern game is played and how guys like him are able to impact the game. But I think it comes down to, will Matt Dufty stay in this team for the entire season? Will Trent Barrett start to chop and change? Will Trent Barrett start to look around the change room and go, fuck, I'm wasting Jake Avrilo here. How do I get him into this football team? He could end up at halfback again. Personally, I think that's a bit of a waste, but he could end up there again. But if he ends up settling with Kyle Flanagan at halfback or beyond Iodo, someone else, all of a sudden Jake Avrilo, he doesn't really have a spot in this team. You could shove him at centre, but they've got centres falling out of their ass as as do as they do with wingers as well. So Fullback kind of kind of becomes the spot for Jacob Avrilo potentially. You could play him at 14, but you could also play Dufty at 14 too, which is the major concern. You'd probably rather Matt Dufty miss the team altogether than somehow end up in Jersey 14. Personally, I doubt it. I think that'll be Avrilo or beyond Iodo. But it is the risk with Dufty that you don't know if he's going to hold the spot all year. I think he's a worthwhile gamble. I think that if you get really desperate for a fullback and you don't have one of those top shelf guys, you can grab him and occasionally you'll be able to keep up with those top guys. Not Turbo, not Teddy, but your Guthos, your Pongers, these sort of fellas. I mean, considering that Newcastle have lost Mitchell Pearce, KP, he is the better supercoach player. There's no doubt about it. But I wouldn't be shocked if there's only 8 to 10 points that separate Ponger and Dufty at the end of the season. I think Dufty does have that high-end potential that goes with a heap of risk, no doubt about that. But he could be a little value pick heading into season 2022 for Supercoach Draft. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.